Good morning, folks. Good morning. Let's sing together, shall we? Would you stand and sing with us, one, please? Two, one, two, three. <laughs> see you today and gather for worship in this second Sunday of Advent. A communion offering for today benefits the United Methodist Students Day. We still have some cast openings for the living nativity. Beginning today and next Sunday, Amy Nunley will be at the youth house after both services to distribute live nativity costumes. Please help us out by taking your costume home today or next Sunday. This will greatly reduce the craziness in the, at the last minute. You'll be able to return them that evening after the event is over. Several members will be located at what's called the Holotus Art Gallery to collect them. Also on Sunday the 12th, we'll be hauling the bales of hay over to Old Town for this event. Please take a few minutes after the 11 o'clock service if you're able to load a few bales of hay on a trailer. Our cantata will be on December the 19th at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. There won't be a 9 a.m. service on that day. The scripture reading today is from Genesis, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 5. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, upon every bird of the air, and upon everything that creeps on the ground, 
and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I gave you everything. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. For your lifeblood, I will surely require a reckoning. Of every beast, I will require it, and of man. Of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Let us pray. Loving God, we gather today to praise you, to tell of your love, and to give you thanks. We thank you especially this morning for the blessings of life and our duty in it. Open our hearts and our understanding today as we listen to and meditate upon your scripture. Let us walk in faith that your kingdom might be made known to all. Fill us with your love and grace as we celebrate communion this day. May we leave here reflecting your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are having our children's fundraiser this year, like we do every year. The kiddos have been hard at work making um, ornaments to sell for $4 each. Since nursing homes are still sort of closed down because of COVID, we will take half of our profits this year, and we will share it between um, the San Antonio Food Bank and the Hollers House of Neighborly Service. So for every $2 that you donate for an ornament, half of that will be going, $2 of it will be going to the food banks in our local area to help support our community. The ornament this year is a little baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloth, laying inside of a Bible because the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we want to remember that truth this holiday season, that Jesus came directly from God and every word he spoke was from God. So on that note, let's talk about God. Come on up, kiddos. All right. We have a lot of kiddos here today. This is awesome. I have so many friends. I love it. <laughs> hey, dude. And I know there's a couple more of you out there. So if you guys don't want to come up, can you still listen? And that means the grown-ups too, right? I'm kidding. We're all God's kids. All right, so this is the time of year when I was a little kid that I had a really hard time. Do you know why I had a hard time? It's because Christmas is like so close, but it seems so very far away. I can almost grab it, right? I can see it on the calendar, but it's not here yet, and it is taking forever to get here. Does anybody else feel that way? Like it's officially December, right? We know it's on the calendar. We know it's coming up. In fact, it's 20 days away, right? Today's the 5th, right? Okay, cool. I know what day it is. Man, it's so close, but it seems so far away, and it's so very hard to wait sometimes, isn't it? I don't know about you guys, but I really don't like to wait. Hey, kiddo. Do you guys like to wait? Is it fun to wait? Yes. No, I don't like to wait. When I wait for stuff, I get frustrated and annoyed. I want things to go faster. Do you guys have any tips on making time go faster? Like, can we speed it up? Is there a formula for that? Can I skip the next 20 days? We could speed up ourselves. I think I'm going too fast already. Somebody should take my coffee away. <laughs> like a hedgehog. Ben's got to suggest. I like audience participation. We could go to sleep. Dude, same page right there, right? hang out. <laughs> we go watch Christmas movies. So we have a choice to make, right, during the holiday season or any time really when we're waiting for something and it seems like it's taking forever to get there, right? We can choose to be grumpy while we wait and focus on the fact that we're waiting, right? And like uh, if anybody's ever stood in a line when there's only like three cashiers open at Walmart and everybody in the store is at the front of the store, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? We're all grumpy at that point. And we can choose to stay grumpy 
and maybe irritated and maybe frustrated, all of those things. Or we can choose to wait joyfully, right? Or wait peacefully. Peacefully is probably a good thing at this time of year. You could help people in the line around you. You know what's fun to do? If the cashier is having trouble, we can always be kind to our cashiers, right? It is not their fault that something in the store wasn't in the spot it was supposed to be in. But we can always choose to be joyful. We can watch the things that are happening around us. If you've ever watched a mommy and a baby play together, oh, my goodness, it is the sweetest thing ever, and it can bring so much joy to your heart. Or if you've seen a little toddler playing with a ball, just bouncing a ball, and their face just lights up, so much joy. And you guys were all those little ones at one point in time, right? And you brought joy to the lives of other people. We can choose that. And the reason why I'm talking about joy this week and peace this week is because the second two weeks of Advent are joy and peace. And I'm going to combine them together. We don't get to hang out on the 19th because of the cantata. You guys better be in here to hear the awesome music. But we're going to do the two weeks this week, and we'll do our last week next week, okay? But we're talking about joy and peace. And I believe that joy and peace should always go together. Because I don't think you can have one without the other. It's hard to have joy in your life if you're not at peace with something in your life. And it's hard to have peace and be angry. You can't have peace in your life and be angry, right? They really don't go together. You've got to have some joy in there somewhere. And I think there's a reason why Jesus brought those two things with us. We talked about the hope that he brought us last week. And how it's eternal. And he gave us this connection with God that we didn't have before because we were holy and perfect. And God is holy perfect. And he gave us that hope to be able to reach out to God anytime we wanted to. And the second gift that, the second and third gift that he gives us is joy and peace. And it goes more than just when we're walking with Jesus and we're following his way, the peace and the joy we get in our hearts here on earth. He has eternal hope for us, eternal joy and eternal peace. When we go up to heaven to be with our Father, to be with God, he's giving all of those things to us. And all we have to do is follow his way. And do what he's told us to do, right? He set the example for us. He made it pretty simple. He's like, do what I do. Love others. Love God. The end, right? We can all do that every single day. So when we're waiting and we're struggling, I want you guys to remember to wait in joy and wait in peace. Because God taught us how to do that, okay? Will you guys bow your heads? Close your eyes. Fold your hands. And let's talk to God. Say, dear Jesus. We wait for your arrival with hope and joy and can't wait for the day when you bring eternal peace. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit through the side door for Spark Worship. Good morning. Good to see all y'all here on this second Sunday of Advent. Uh, another beautiful December day, right? It sure is out there. So yesterday, I was out and about, and this time of year when you're out and about, sometimes you see the Salvation Army bell ringers, right? They're out there ringing the bells, collecting money for the Salvation Army. And it reminded me of General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, right? And again, I always say, remember, General Booth was a Methodist. Back during General Booth's time in London, in London, there, was, there were many, many, many just ridiculous ideas, you know, just, just like we have today, right? There were just crazy ideas. People believed all sorts of things, and a lot of people still do, right? 
Well, there, a physician in London came up with a theory that he could tell if somebody was going to be a criminal or not by looking at their ear. Okay, so now, uh, now don't everybody laugh because I, I believe that most of us probably believe in some things that are that are almost as silly, if not as silly, right? But anyway, and some of them we were taught in our families, in our families of origin, which is probably the main precursor for most of the stupid ideas we have, right? It's also the main precursor for most of the good ideas we have, but it also it t tends to give us some goofy ideas. So a pretty sharp newspaper reporter said, you know, General Booth knows a whole bunch about human nature and people. I'll ask him what he thinks about this theory of somebody being able to tell if somebody's a criminal or not by looking at their ear. And so he, he says, General Booth, what do you think? Is there such a thing as a criminal ear? And General Booth looks at him and he says, well, of course there is. You know, of course there's a criminal ear. And everybody has one, right? Everybody has one. So General Booth was, you know, reiterating, reiterating the fact that we're all sinners and we all need God's grace to come to our senses and to come to salvation, which ties right in with our scripture for today, which comes out of the gospel of John, John chapter 10, verses 7 through 18 a passage most of us are probably pretty familiar with. Consider the word of the Lord. And these are, if you, if you have a red-letter Bible, which I don't, right? If you have a red-letter Bible, except for the first few words I'm going to say, all of these are in red. Jesus is speaking them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Who enter, whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. 
For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this commandment from my Father. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who desires that none should perish, God who desires that we would all enjoy abundant life which comes through Jesus. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Okay, now you can't rest on your laurels anymore. I got it. This is group participation, okay? So I want you to repeat after me, okay? And I'll tell you what you're repeating. You're repeating Psalm 27, verse 1, uh, depending upon the translation you have, okay? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's all you got to know. I mean, it really, truly is. That's all you got to know. It's all there. The Lord is your light and your salvation, and there's nothing to be afraid of, right? That's the way it is. That's the way it is. So Jesus is talking to not only his followers here, but he's also talking to a bunch of Pharisees, okay, in this particular discourse. If you, if you read before, uh, starting back there in chapter 9, remember that's where he healed the blind man. He was in his, his, his parents said what? He was in his 40s, uh, I believe is what it says, had healed him, and the Pharisees were asking him a bunch of questions. Well, the discourse goes on if you're reading, if, if you're reading along there and going on, and, and Jesus is, is talking about some stuff, and he says, he's the good shepherd. He's the gate of the sheep. The sheep that enter through him will be saved, and they will go out and come in and find pasture, right? So this, this is what he's talking about here. He's talking about life, abundant life, and how we have it. Now, a few words about how sheep are kept in Judea and Palestine back in Jesus' day. Of course, we all know that shepherds keep the sheep. And in fact, our homework this month, Luke 2, 8 through 11, what does it say there? And there were shepherds in that land, you know, watching their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord came upon them and said, what? You know, behold, I bring good news of great joy for today is born unto you in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord, right? The angel told them, be not afraid, be not afraid. So here we have the savior talking. Those shepherds out in the field, when it was time to go to bed at night, would have a place Maybe they had built some 
stone walls, but they had a place where they could gather the sheep in, and then what they did was they laid down across the opening. They literally laid down across there. So the sheep would have to walk across them or jump over them or something like that to get out. The other thing that, we, that, that happened back then was a lot of times in communities, people would have, in a, in a small community, an area when they brought the sheep into town where they would keep the sheep. And again, there was a door. There was one way in and there was one way out. And Jesus is telling all the people there that if you want salvation, if you want an abundant life where you go in and you come out and you find pasture, then I'm the way. I'm the only way. This is how you do it. You do it by following me, entering through me. Now, this term, come in and go out, is all through the Bible, like many terms that we see in the Bible. And what it really signifies is abundant life, abundant life that Jesus said there a little bit later that he came to bring. And I want us to look at a few verses that have to do with that and, and, and what the whole thing means, so you won't think I'm just making this up, right? The first one I want you to look at is Numbers chapter 27, starting at verse 15. And it's on page 146 of your pew Bible, okay? So if you'd open up your pew Bible to page 146, and I'll open up my not-so-pew Bible, and it's even bigger print. Maybe they put in some extra words, okay? Now, what's happening here is Moses is about to leave. He's going to be taken up on the mountain, and Moses is going to be gone. So the people of Israel, the Hebrews, need a new leader. And, and that's what's going on here. And look at verse 15. It says, Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint someone over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them and shall lead them out and bring them in so the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep without a shepherd. Hmm. And then we see again in Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 6, it says, if you obey the Lord, if you follow the Lord's commandments, and you do that in your life, then what? It says you'll be blessed when you come in and when you go out. Solomon, when he became king was a young child, right? He was a teenager. And he prayed. There's a beautiful prayer in 1 Kings chapter 3. And one of the things that Solomon prays in there, he says, I'm just a child. I don't know how to go out and come in. Okay. 
So this is a this is a common thing. So Jesus is saying here, if you go out and come in through me, if you enter through the gate, you're going to have life. You're going to have an abundant life. You're going to have a good life, you know. Henry Nouwen said, in anxious times, in anxious times, there are all sorts of prophets offering all sorts of salvations, right? And these are anxious times. If we look around, again, right, we've got all sorts of prophets offering all sorts of salvations, right? All of them which are totally garbage, right? The things that we see around us, they don't offer salvation. You know, you're not going to get salvation through your job. You're not going to get salvation through your social club. You're not going to get salvation through your retail outlet. You're not going to get salvation from your spouse. You're not going to get salvation anywhere except from the Lord, except from the Lord. It's, it's just that simple. However, we continue to like the doctor who believed you could tell a criminal by looking at their ear, we continue to believe a lot of mythology, even though we think we are sophisticated modern people, right? We still believe a lot of things that aren't true. Jesus said the people that came before him were thieves and robbers, right? Thieves and robbers. Now, you might read that, you might read that and at first think, well, he's talking about all the prophets that came before him. That's not who he's talking about, okay? Je Jesus does not believe that the prophets or that Moses or that David or any of those people that came before them were thieves and bandits. He doesn't believe that at all. He's talking about the false leaders in their society. Remember Simon the Zealot? Y'all have heard of Simon the Zealot, right? The Zealots were a sect of Jewish people who believed that they should violently overthrow the Roman government, or, the, or at least, if not the whole Roman government, at least the Roman occupiers in, Jordan, in, uh, in Judah and Palestine, okay? And you remember a lot of, of these zealots as well as these groups were popping up all over the place all the time. This is one of the reasons the Romans crucified so many people in Palestine. You know, there were thousands of people that the Romans crucified. That was their method of execution. This is also why when Jesus comes into Jerusalem before he is crucified, who's there? Pilate. He's the governor of the whole area, right? And Pilate doesn't normally live in Jerusalem. He's come up there with a whole bunch of legions of Roman soldiers to make sure there's not a revolt because he hears about all these people that are following Jesus. And if there is a revolt, he wants to be able to put it down but quick, because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to fall out of favor with Emperor Tiberius and end up dead himself, right? Which is a possibility. So Jesus says, all of these people who are preaching violence and overthrow of the gover government are 
thieves and bandits. That's not Jesus' way. Again, remember, remember when Jesus was before Pilate, right? He said, you know, if I wanted to, Jim's paraphrase, if I wanted to, I could snap my fingers and, you know, there would be legions of angels and my followers and stuff here to take over. He says, that's not the way of the kingdom of God. See, Jesus preached peace and love and nonviolence. He didn't, he didn't preach violent insurrection. That wasn't, that wasn't his way. That wasn't what he was teaching. Because probably in his audience, there were some of these zealots or some people who at least were in harmony with them in what they thought and wanted to do. And he was saying, that's not the way. And then he says, what about the thief? And, and here I think, you know, he's, he's referring to thieves in general, but the father of all thieves is, is Satan. He says, the thief comes only, he puts that word only in there, to steal and to kill and to destroy. Friends, if there's anything in your life that's stealing from you or killing you or destroying you, it's not from God. It's not from God. You need to be crystal clear about that at all times, right? At all times. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down. Again, can you see Jesus laying there in the field like a shepherd while the sheep are asleep? He says, I lay down my life. Nobody takes it from me, okay? Again, here's some bad theology that uh, most of you have probably heard. There are numbers of people that they will, they will accuse all sorts of people of killing Jesus, right? Nobody killed Jesus. He laid his life down of his own accord, right? His own accord freely. He laid his life down out of love, out of love. And that's what we're waiting for here in Advent, right? We're waiting again to celebrate the birth, the incarnation of God, God among us, teaching peace and love and forgiveness. So this morning as you come to the table, I want you to remember Psalm 27.1, right? The Lord is my light and salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Please open your hymnals to page 12. Or if you don't want to do that, you can just follow the bouncing ball on the slide up there. Here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church, if you're visiting, we're, we're glad you're here. And we celebrate open communion here. That means that everybody is welcome. This is the Lord's table. This is not our table. So everybody is welcome here. If you need gluten-free elements, they are available. Just ask me when you get down here. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, 
We confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who look for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are your full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things, and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. 
By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of God's children, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. strong